Today, Dusty and I discuss our New Year's resolutions and the strategies that we think we're going to use to stay on track. Here we go. Welcome to Forget About Money, where we encourage you to take action today so that you can... Let me do that again. Do you want me to do the intro? No. Are you sure? I've got it covered. Welcome to Forget About Money, where we encourage you to take action today so you can focus on what matters most to you. Perfect. Today, we're talking to Dusty about New Year's resolutions. First off, hi, Dusty. It's been a while since I've spoken. It has been a while since I've seen you. How are you? It's good to see you. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Very settled into my New Year routine, I think, so far. I'm sure that's going to change somewhat. Yeah, all good. So tell me what your New Year routine is. Much like my last year's routine, which is what I've, as you know, I've retired three years ago, but since then, I've been trying to prioritize sleep, so continue to get good night's rests, work out, worry, worry about physical fitness, eating decently, and then on top of that, just kind of hang, trying to hang out with friends when I can, and I've got my son every other week, so trying to be a better dad. So those are all things that I'm kind of working on, not just specific to this year, but over the last few years, and I'm sure into the next few years will be this very similar. And you, you've got goals. You've always got I, goals. I do. You do. I, I know for one, like you're a, you have a goal to wake up at 4.30 in the morning every day and go run for like 15 miles, right? I mean, not quite 15. I did eight today in very cold weather. Ugh. Unfortunately, it was 13 degrees, feels like three. Really? So as you can imagine, a well, I do like miserable. your sweater. I do like your sweater. You've got, I'm not, it looks like uh, to me. I think I like Charlie Brown, like fall weather. I don't know why. Like the wow, like a peanuts color. Yeah, it seems like that's just the first thing that popped out to me. But it seems festive for a fall. I mean, I know we're into winter now, but it does look warm and cozy. So can I tell you where I got this sweater? Yes. This is from our friend Carla, who gets gifts from her in-laws every year. And often they send her gifts that don't fit. So she just paid it forward and gave the sweater to me. So Carla got a sweater for Christmas mm-hmm. this last year, like a month ago, and it didn't fit her because her family doesn't care enough to ask what size she is or even if she would like a sweater. And she's like, eh, thank you very much, I'm sure. And then she just passes it off to her friends. So she's yes. a hero to you and maybe not so much. For, I don't know. So has her family not local? Like, do they not know what she's into? This, um, and so it, in all fairness, it's Robert's family and they are not local. They're in, well, you're going to get me in trouble because I'm not remembering where Robert's I, family is from. I don't think we lose points if we forget where our friends' families are from. That was alliteration, mm-hmm. unintended, but I think you'll get a pass on this one. Great sweater. Did you run in that sweater today? What kept you, what keeps you warm when you run? Add today, a lot of layers. So I had two layers of tights. A pair of socks, wool socks, um, a base layer, and then a jacket, a hat, and a scarf. It was very cold. It was cold. So is running one of your New Year's resolutions? I know you ran all last year and probably the year before that. and you were The year marathon before that? So I signed up for the Emerald Epic this year, and I'm excited to do that. That's in August, the first weekend in August. And it's a 26-mile bike ride, mountain bike ride followed by a 13-mile run the following day. Do you know how many people would start and then just never like do the first part, the bike ride, and then just after that first day, is like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm just going to go to the pub today. I'd, I'd be interested in knowing those stats. I bet they have them, like people who sign up and start, but then don't show up the second day. That's not going to be you, right? Oh, no. Okay. No, I'm committed. I'm going to do this thing. I signed up with my friend Des, so we're both going to do it. Should be really fun, I think. Is your goal just to finish? Mm-hmm. My goal is to finish. His goal is to podium. Like top three. Is that a is that the definition of podium? I don't know what this. Good luck to him. What and does he run with you in the morning? Well, he's so. I think we're going to do another race together, Des and I, in February, and that one you can actually like combine your race totals to podium. So. But that one's just running. So I think we can actually podium in that one. I don't think we can really, like, I don't know. 
he would not want to be my partner for this mountain bike race. So when did you, when did you decide all this? Because usually at the end of the year, we start thinking about New Year's resolutions. Is this something that, is this a goal that you decided to pursue because you wanted to do a New Year's resolution? Or is it something that you would have done anyway? I probably would have done it anyway. I think for me, what I did was at the end of last year, I started thinking about how I want this year to look. So what are some big things that I want to do in 2024? And ultimately, what I decided is that I want to take six local trips, four non-local trips. I wanted to do something big physically, which was this Emerald Epic. I wanted to finish the marathon that I started last year and only ran 15 miles of. So I signed up for that. I booked a two-week trip to Spain. And then I went through and did some kind of goal-setting or thinking about the people that I want in my life for 2024 and what kind of energy I want to bring. So I made a list of the people that are really important to me and kind of planned out, you know, how often I want to keep in touch with them and what that looks like. And and this is the point where you take your list and you put it up against the screen and so up against the camera so that we can all see who no longer matters to you. Is that That's where not is? true. Oh, how come my, my name's not on your, there? You're on my list. Oh, oh really? That was my coy way of asking if I'm still on the list. Yeah. You made the list. You All didn't right. make the to visit list, but well, you I visited. think because you need to come to Longmont. I, I, I agree. So you've Go got travel, me. travel, something physical, and uh, de- de- determining what people you're going to surround yourself with or have more influence of or from. Yeah, what kind of energy I want in my life. And then I also set some habit goals. So like daily routines kind of thing. That part always makes me a little nervous because I feel like people drop off the bucket pretty quick. Um, You know, you get excited about doing these new routines and then you just don't stick to them. But I did some of that. And then I also um, set some financial goals. So I kind of went around the whole spoke, you know, spiritual, physical. Did you not do this? Is this something that it seems very thorough and it's reaching all the nooks and crannies of humanity it seems like you've got well, travel you've got your physical you've got your money you've got your spiritual and emotional uh and your daily habit routine stuff so is this all how are you first off what inspired you to do this is this what you do every year or just this year you said okay i'm going to focus on this i'm going to see this as a practice of thinking through all the dynamics of my life and how I can improve them or how I can be more happy in them. What inspired you to do this? So it's something that I do every year. I do a lot of reflection at the end of the year in terms of how I feel like those things went. And then I start planning because I want to know how my next year is going to go. And I think you can always prepare for that. And I think when you think about life like a wheel, it has different spokes. So I don't want to go all in on physical goals and forget about the fact that I am still a human being and I have other goals that are not physical or diet related or habit related or financially related. You know, like all of these things come into play. So I always reflect on how the last year went, what I didn't get enough of, what I want to do more of, um, what I did too much of so that I can make adjustments going into the next year. I do feel like dry January is a big thing for most people. Are you doing dry January? It has been very nearly dry. I don't I don't want to like change gears too much here, but I think it was the 23rd of December. I went and got an in-body scan done because I wanted to start measuring my body fat, weight, you know, all that kind of stuff uh, over time so that it, I can continue to improve physically and at the same time, I'm not sure how I stumbled into it, but I started seeing videos on the carnivore diet. Are you familiar with that? Mm-hmm. And so since then, roughly since then, uh, I've been eating primarily beef, red meat, like ribeyes, chuck roasts, that kind of thing. And I have had some carbs, but have been extremely low. And only like very recently in the last few days, um, primarily because I also, on top of doing the carnivore diet, just this last week, decided I was going to do a water only fast for three days. And I, so I started it and I got a glucose meter to monitor glucose. And a day and a half into my water only fast, I measured it. And it, well, I measured it before and it was like right at 70, which is like at the low end of normal from what I understand. Like you're, that's normal for fasting. 
it, a day and a half into it, it dropped to 53, which is, I think, hypoglycemic levels. So I was like, oh. And so I quickly, of course, Googled, like, is this bad? Because I don't want to, like, faint or pass out. And I was feeling a little off. But so at that point, I was like, oh, I had to really think about, is it worth passing out for something? I mean, you know, I'm not in terrible shape and whatever gain I might be, whatever benefit I might be going for for this three-day water fast, is it really worth you know, hitting my head on the floor or passing out? So I did eat a little bit of uh, carbs then to get my sugar back up. I didn't test after that, but I felt fine. So, but still primarily red meat, basically no vegetables, just beef, ground beef, chicken if you want to. There's, I mean, there's different varieties of this carnivore diet, but so far so good. I think of I went to Oaxaca in December for a week and the food is there is amazing. Like it doesn't matter where you go. It could be a hole in the wall bar, pub or whatever. The food's amazing. And I think I must have put on, I don't know, a couple pounds at least. But since late December to now, which is about a month ago, a little less than a month, I have definitely lost weight and my midsection's tightened up a little bit. So, so far so good. It appears the trend is in the right direction. So I'll stick to that a little bit. Um, Today, I'm actually going to go get a follow-up and body scan done. We'll see what the results are so far. But my goal for this year, physically, is uh, at least uh, body-wise, is 190 pounds, sub-10% body fat. And last in-body scan, I think I was at 186 pounds and about 13% body fat. So I don't think it's unreasonable. But if anybody's tried to go from 13 to 10 or below, uh, your body really wants to fight you to keep that fat on for all the right reasons, for health reasons too. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, I, I think I'm probably at least another percent down just in the last few weeks due to diet change uh, and some physical stuff that I've been doing working out. Uh, so we'll see. And we'll, we'll I'll continue to adjust that as time goes by. Do you like the way that you're feeling? I do. Uh, so I think, you know, I've had back surgery. I've had back problems for a number of years and finally had back surgery and that cleared a lot of it up. But I would say within just a few days of just going meat only, I really, I did feel better. Um, I still felt lethargic. I think it's because you go through that initial carb, you know, you don't have any carbs. So where's your energy coming from? And you haven't shifted over to where your body is burning fat the or keto ketones. Flu, right. Isn't that what they call it is a keto flu where yeah. your body is shifting. You feel like crap and you just know you have to get through it to get to the other side. Mm -hmm. I didn't really experience too much of that. I had already been, I usually don't eat a lot of carbs and junk anyway. So I, I probably experienced less of that than the average person would going through the same thing, but still, uh, but still you do experience things. Everybody's different, but uh, for me, it wasn't that bad of a shift. Uh, just generally, I felt better, little small aches and pains. Like I usually every few days get something tied up in my neck. I haven't felt that in a month, like, or I haven't felt that since, um, I, even though I had back surgery, my back feels way better. I still sometimes get tightness in my lower back. That's pretty much gone. Uh, so, carnival, and of course, I look at YouTube videos and do research and all this stuff, or whatever research is considered these days. And one reason to believe that it's helping is because it's something called an elimination diet. So that's where you just continuously take things out, and then uh, that could possibly be causing inf inflammation or or pain or 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 or, and then just adding. Once you kind of get a baseline of feeling okay or better than okay, you start adding things back in, and then you can, or you should be more able to pinpoint what food is bothering you or, or what food you're reacting negatively to. So I haven't really added much food back in. So uh, so far so good. Uh, I don't expect that I would stay on carnivore for forever, although some people do with great results. Uh, I, but I, uh, I'll probably add in some kind of carbs because I do enjoy working out and. I just don't have the same energy as I did before in the gym. When you say you don't have the same energy, like you're not lifting as much, you're not, like, tell me what uh, that means. Yeah. So as far as the actual amounts lifted, it's fine, but it's the duration of the workouts. So I've been trying to hit, when I go into the gym, I hit uh, 10,000, try to hit 10,000 steps on the treadmill going at a 4% incline at four miles per hour. And it usually takes about an hour and 20 minutes for me to get to that. And then from there, I go either do pull-up, push-ups, uh, depending on what day it is, some legs, uh, hack squat type stuff, and then on to the other workout stuff like dumbbell workout or bench press or machines, whatever those things are. Uh, so normally, if you're doing carbs, like I have no problem getting through all that and feeling really big, pumped, uh, strong when you leave the gym. 
But now, especially after doing the 10,000, it's an, I mean, it is an hour and a half of walking on a treadmill. Uh, so I do understand that that is taking some of the energy away, especially whatever's in your current bloodstream and, you know, and you're less likely to have energy to go do the weights. I understand that's part of it. And that's probably not just diet based. However, I do find myself once I do a few workouts, a few things with the weights, that I'm just, I'm done. I'm over and ready to go. And because of my goal right now is to lose body fat percentages, I don't think that I'm, I don't think that's really hurting me. It could, it, I don't think that's deterring my goals because of, because of diet and because of the additional or 10,000 steps a day while still doing some weights. I'm sure I'm in a body fat burning mode. So I'm still going towards my goal. But personally, I just like to feel strong and look strong. And I think that mu- that aspect might be suffering just a little bit. But one day I'll put in carbs, maybe a sweet potato and get some energy back and, and push those. Sweet potatoes are the best. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Whole30? I have heard of it, but uh, go ahead and tell me about it. if you. It's very similar to this elimination diet where essentially you're just eating whole foods. So you eat whole foods, you eat three meals a day, you limit your fruit intake. So ideally you're going to have less than two servings of fruit a day. And then you focus your meals on things like you are currently doing, right? Like it's meat and vegetable. And the whole goal is to reduce inflammation, which is potentially what's happening with you on the carnivore diet where you don't have as much inflammation. And as a result, then everything is feeling better. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of, uh, and I guess it's Whole30 like a, a some type of a low-carb-ish diet because you said to reduce fruits. Clearly fruits have carbs, sugars, so... Uh, is it a type yeah. of low-carb diet? It's really just to focus on eating whole foods and no, you can't have any processed foods. So no sugary drinks, no diet sodas, no nothing from a box, nothing, you know, like it's all whole foods, mm-hmm. which ultimately is a paleo-ish, low-carb type of diet. Is that what you're doing? Is that why you know so much about it? Have you experienced with it? I have done it. I've done it quite a few times. Not currently doing it because I don't have a kitchen, so that makes it really hard not to eat any processed foods. Um, but it's the way that I like to eat, and it's the way that my body performs at its best. So when I'm eating that way, it's harder to overconsume. It's easier to run. You know, you can kind of go forever, which I really like. You're doing this with a friend. You're uh, you're running of the Emerald Epic. Mm-hmm. The Emerald Epic, and is that local? Is that local to you? Where it's in Steamboat, which is about three hours away. Okay. And so that's, did you have other friends who are supporting you with your other goals? And if so, can you talk about that? Yeah. So I will say my friend that I'm doing the Emerald Epic with, um, Des actually has a YouTube channel and we can link to it below, uh, which is always kind of fun to say. Um, but he has been very supportive with physical goals and also with the goal of balance. So that's something he's currently working on this year is just having more balance and not um, for for people out there that can become all consumed with a physical pursuit. They know that it might be addicting. So you might not feel like yourself if you don't run for a day. And my goodness, you're certainly not going to go for two days without running. And I was just talking to my friend Jeff yesterday about how When he used to run, if he wasn't going to run six miles, he would be like, oh, I might as well not even go out running because it's, you know, hardly anything. And you can kind of get into that mindset where it's hard to find balance and it's hard to say, okay, I'm not going to go out and do this thing every single day. So Des has been very um, proactive in supporting that goal of balance, of finding balance and being more empathetic and having a little bit more self-love. I have friends that are certainly pursuing um, experience goals. So I know that they're going to be very supportive with us doing more experiences this year. So I know I had asked you if next week we could move our recording to Thursday because we're going to do an experience. We're going to hang out. Um, We also have a potluck planned every Tuesday. The trip that I planned to Spain, I did with a couple of friends. So they are certainly being very supportive in that aspect. I'm going on a cruise with a bunch of other friends, which is another thing that's pretty amazing. Um, I'm hopefully going to visit Georgia, so that will be fun. Uh, also very supportive. So I, I do think my friends are are going to be helping me with keeping to my goals. And I actually have an accountability buddy 
who we shared what our goals are and we just check in with each other every day to say, hey, did you do the thing? Like, did you follow your morning routine? Did you follow your evening routine? How are you on your work goals? So um, this was something that he and I did back in, gosh, it must've been 2016. Uh, He and I were like accountability buddies at work and we would just check in, see how we were doing. We signed up for a race together and he reached out at the end of last year and was like, hey, would you be my accountability partner again this year? This is what I'm working on. And so we did like an hour long brainstorming session. We laid out what our goals are. And then we just check in with each other with a quick text. So you really got formal with your New Year's resolutions. You, I did. An hour brainstorming session. Did you have a whiteboard, popcorn, uh, coffee? Sticky notes. Oh. Lots and lots of sticky notes. You know. And you've also got money goals. So would you be willing to share what those are or why they're because you're you're good with money you're gonna you're on the right trend line you're going to get there so what things are going on in your money world that needed the additional focus so this year i'm hoping to switch careers and start selling real estate and so one of my money goals is to sell a million dollars worth of real estate in 2024 that is one big financial money goal so are you going to get your real estate license Yep. So my goal is to hang it. And I have been talking to different brokers here in Colorado to determine what office I want to work with. Do you have to, when you're doing your real estate license, do you have to do commercial? Do you have to segment it to decide what you want to do? Or is it just a general real estate license? Nope. You have to decide if you're going to do commercial or residential. And you're going to? I think I'm going to start with residential and then quite possibly move over to do some commercial work. Is this something that you've thought of just recently or is this something like you were 21. It's been in the works because I love real estate. I love, I can get lost in that rabbit hole of looking at houses and just being like, oh. And I'm always amazed because buying a house is so much scarier and harder than it seems. You know, there's a lot of paperwork that you have to fill out. There's a lot of documents that you have to prepare. It's hard to make the choice. A lot of times it becomes very emotional because you fall in love with a house and then you're like, oh, but I have to have this house. And then you don't realize that this house doesn't meet all of your needs. It It's in the wrong location or it doesn't have enough bedrooms or bathrooms or whatever it is, but you fell in love with something about the house. And being able to help people understand what they're really looking for, is it's always been pretty appealing to me. I've just been afraid of being an entrepreneur. So I think I have, um, you and I have talked about this, I don't know that we've talked about on the podcast, but I definitely have some imposter syndrome where I worry a lot. And I'm always like, oh, I'm not, who would want to use me to buy a house? Who would want to use me as a real estate agent? And I'm sure that I'm not the only person that has those thoughts, but I think that has kept me from doing it in the past. And I'm pretty excited to start it now. Um, Yeah, it'll be something new, something different. Is there a point at which you're going, you have to be so, need some kind of minimum success at being a real estate agent broker until you let your current job go? Have you figured out what that looks like? So I have enough FU money that I don't necessarily need to have that build up. I might do it anyway, just because I know that I have these trips planned and I have a feeling I'm going to travel and do a lot more this year. So it would be nice to have that buffer. But So it's not a requirement. You don't have to You've done so much good in your financial picture right now. You've got FU money that it's not something that you will hesitate to quit your current job if whatever catalyst caused that. Yeah. Uh, you wouldn't have the worry, a financial worry to, to make that shift. That's good. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if anyone else like has these same concerns and they might. And it's something I wouldn't mind talking through at some point, but I think even when the math works out, you can still be in your head about whether or not to quit a job. So even though the math is like this straightforward equation and tells you that you have this huge runway, you're still like, oh, but I'm giving up the security of insurance and, you know, all these things that you know are there. And what happens if I break my foot tomorrow or, you know, I'm training for the Emerald Epic and I wipe out on my bike, end up with a broken arm? You know, how much is that going to cost? And what about physical therapy? And what about all of these other things that there is a safety blanket that insurance provides and that full-time employment provides, knowing that it's Friday and I'm getting a paycheck. 
saw those things kind of come into play too, which I don't know if you have thoughts about that, especially being retired or having a different mindset than what I tend to have. No, it's interesting that you bring it up like that because even being retired three years now and it's going well, like I am right now doing things to prepare myself to reenter the job force. I've got buddies of mine who I've worked with sending me job job uh, openings, descriptions. Uh, I've got, I've taken just this last week, I took the CBEST, and I don't know if you know what that is, but it's in California. If you want to be a substitute teacher, you have to take a minimum skills test. So this week is three separate tests. There's a math test, a reading test, and a writing test. Just yesterday, I finished up taking a third part, the writing test, and I, I'll get the results in a few weeks, but I'm doing things to, should an opportunity come up that I am more prepared to take it. Not that I need to, uh, but because I might want to, uh, for not necessarily just the reasons that you spoke, because I am fortunate that I am a, a proof of concept over the last three years in a high cost of living area. I've proven that I can live uh, without the fear of, I mean, I've got insurance because of military retirement of, uh, or not like life insurance, but um, health insurance. Uh, you know, I've got a pension and, and those things. So I'm good, but there's other reasons that. You know, yeah. So tell us, what are those other reasons? So those other reasons are, I was trying to think about one word uh, when I was on the treadmill for an hour and a half yesterday or the day before. It was like, honestly, like a little bit of a distraction. Like I'm a very routine guy like, and I enjoy my routines. I like going to bed at a certain time. I like waking up at a certain time. I like doing the same things. I like cleaning my house. I like all these things. I'm a routine guy, but and I'm not bored. I'm not like looking for new things to do necessarily. Um, you know, that's the argument of like, I could never retire. I'd be so bored. That's not me. I'm not bored. But why not look at another adventure or a new experience? And part of, and why can't work be that for you? So for me, I'm look, I'm just exploring. I don't know that I'll actually take any of these jobs, but it's just something I'm dipping my toe into at the very surface level right now. I would not be bored at all. When people say, oh, I would be so bored, I think, oh, I have enough stuff for 10 people to do, let alone just for one. I kind of want to be bored. But you're not going to be bored because you have a, an accountability partner who's going to keep you on your toes for this year at least. And but even though you've only told me like one goal, one specific goal, which was to run this, uh, oh, I didn't write it down, empire. Yeah, no, so I have two specific physical goals, running the Emerald Epic, Emerald Epic, which is a run slash mountain bike challenge and running the boulderthon. Okay. So those are two physical goals. My travel goals and again, very specific, four trips outside of Colorado, six inside of Colorado. And so the inside of Colorado trips, I have two of those planned. One is steamboat and then I'm also going to go down to the sand dunes and I I actually have a third one planned too, which is to go to Silverton. And then the other three I will plan but I, after June, because this just gets me through June. But don't you already have two of those while you planned? You're going on a cruise that's outside of Colorado. Those are Unless my there's four an ocean in Colorado trips. that I'm aware of. So my four oh. outside of Colorado are Spain, which is a two-week trip. So we're going from April 10th through 23rd. The cruise, which is the 26th through the 2nd. I'm going to Georgia sometime between February 11th and April something. Good. Avoid the heat. And then I need to plan the fourth, which right now is tentatively Michigan for my nephew's graduation. Are so, you bilingual? I should. Are you working on Duolingo or something for Spanish? I, I have been using Duolingo. I don't know how far I'll get before April. And, and I say we're going to Spain, but we're actually, it's Spain, Portugal. So we're flying into Barcelona and then we're weaving our way to Lisbon. And then flying home from Lisbon. Said we. Who's who's all going? Robert, Carla, and I. Oh. Okay. The third wheel. It's going to be great. I know. <laughs> but you're, <laughs> you're like, you're all there in, in Longmont. So you see each other all the time. So was, I'm sure it doesn't even feel like that. It's going to be so good. I'm so excited. What are some of your daily habits that you said you were implementing that you're not so sure you'll you'll stick to or not? So I have a skincare routine. And it shows. Well done. Stop it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I do. I have a morning and an evening skincare routine that I'm trying to stick to. 
I also am committed to using conscious beauty products this year, um, which I know it just what does that mean? silly. What? Is that a brand? No, it's just, it's... Not experimented on animals? Right. Right. Like it's um, a little bit more earth-friendly and skin-friendly, so not the chemicals and all the crap. But I have a morning and evening skincare routine. Um, I also switched, which I don't have my hair down today, but I switched my hair routine with like how often I'm washing my hair and what I'm using. Again, I know it sounds silly, but it is what it is. I've added water, um, reading 10 pages a day, you know, just kind of a lot of the basic ones that I think a lot of people are doing. We're going to see how it goes. I don't know. Like, have you thought about some of these things, like the daily things? Yes. Uh, I'm not sure if you can see, but I do have sunspots on my cheeks and other places on my face. So I also have, um, if you were to look at my bathroom counter, you'll see some lotions and some serums and things like that that are meant to help with skin care. And I've done that for at least, at least it's been there for a few years. So, uh, but I do need to be more on it. So. Uh, yeah, I think that's important for not just women, but for men too, to take care of their skin, especially if they have been in the sun a lot during their lifetimes. Uh, and if you're young listening to this, then just know that don't be naive to think it's not going to happen to you. Take care of your skin. Uh, it's way better to prevent these things from happening uh, than to deal with them later. But yeah, uh, lotions, the vitamin C serums, the retinol, all those things. Uh, I've got, I don't know, three or four different kinds of face things that I use at least every other day. I should be more more uh, regular with it, though. Do you think that if you, let's say a week goes by and you fail, are, are you going to beat yourself up about it or are you just going to get back on track? No, I'm going to reframe it. And I'm going to say, you know what, Dusty? You had to take care of yourself and you were doing that. So you did the best that you could last week. Let's try again. And how can we do this differently so that this time it's stickier? And one of the things that Nick and I, so Nick is my friend that I'm doing this accountability stuff with. Um, Nick lives in Michigan, so we do have this time difference. And he also has a wife and a kid, and his life is a lot crazier than mine in many ways. But we talk a lot about habit stacking and this idea of, okay, what is the one thing that stuck last week? And how can you add this next thing into your routine? You're like, how do we actually just make it easy? And I really appreciate that. And we'll actually like deep dive what worked and what didn't work, which I also like. Um, because sometimes it's not, you want to do something, but maybe your why is missing. Or you beat yourself up and you're like, well, I can't get back on the wagon. Well, maybe you just didn't like it. I've been trying for a long time to get into lifting weights. I love to run. Like you could not pay me enough to walk on a treadmill for an hour and a half, but I will gladly go out and run. I bet I could pay you enough. Maybe, maybe. But I would get just even, I had to go to the gym a couple of days this week because it was so cold. Well, I didn't have to. I chose to. I was freaking miserable, miserable, like could not do it. I, I thought, oh, this is awful. I hate running on the treadmill. I the only thing keeping me on the treadmill was this guy that was was walking the track with his son. So he had like his son tucked into this carrier and he's like doing lunges on the track and the little boy, you'd wave and he'd be like, and you're like, oh, they're coming back around. Other than that, I was like, everything about this is pretty awful. I try so hard to lift weights. The only thing that gets me motivated is if I like go to a class or I know I'm accountable to someone. Sometimes the why just isn't there. So you need something different. Um, so like for me with lifting weights, I signed my friend up to be my partner there to make sure like I have a reason to lift weights and I'm accountable to someone because I will do something for someone else way faster than I will do it for myself. So sometimes it's like, well, why isn't this working? Let's figure that part out so that you can get back on track. I don't know. Do you do the same thing or do you just throw in the towel? I usually give up. Pretty much anything that I ever attempt. And I'm okay with that. I mean, if not... As long as you're okay with it. Yeah. No, of course not. Uh, let's see. I think keeping the objective... I mean, you talk about a why, and that's not the same thing as an, an objective. But like in your case, like 
when you were talking about, I know you're a runner and I know uh, your age range. And I know that as we get older, it's very important to have muscle mass. There are direct linkages between uh, health and like function and quality of life later in life, directly proportional to the amount of muscle that you have in your body, bone density, muscle mass. Um, so for those out there who just enjoy running and uh, maybe are roughly in the middle ages of range, age range, um, think about that because that could be a why if you want to be uh, more able to participate in things that you want to enjoy later in life, it's very important that you have muscle mass and lifting weights is one way to do that. So that could be a why uh, to work out in the gym or to do push-ups or to do extra squats. You don't necessarily need a gym, but it's something to definitely be aware of as we get older. Uh, but as far as whether or not I succeed at a particular goal, uh, I'm fairly locked on. Uh, I do I do constantly question what how I'm using my resources, my time, money, and energy to uh, be in alignment with the values that I have and long-term goals or objectives. So it's and then, like you said, havoc stacking. It's much easier to do that if you link it to a routine every day. So for me, I wake up quickly, probably clean the kitchen, pre uh, workout. Uh, if my son's here, I'll cook breakfast and get him ready for school, drop off school, go to the gym, uh, and then just do it the same order every time. Come home, shower, eat protein. And because of shower, you step out of the shower, dry off to your skin routine. You know, there's things you link them all. It becomes less conscious. You just do it. So it frees up a lot of actual mental bandwidth. Uh, then you can just know that if you're hitting those minimums every day, that over the course of a year, you probably far exceed whatever expectation you had. But no, I don't beat myself up. I also, you're, everybody's human. And if you miss a day here or there, it's not going to, you know, it's not going to deter you from achieving your goals. Just jump back on and make sure that the trend line continues in the same direction. I really love the book, Atomic Habits. Mm -hmm. And it talks about the same thing, right? Like it's just about trajectory. Are you going in the right direction? So never miss two days in a row. And if you keep doing and stacking, you're going to get just a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. And 3% better really adds up over the course of the year. Mm -hmm. So are, how are you maintaining or tracking your progress throughout the year? Because a lot of people, one, they just give up. Uh, two, they might think they're doing the right things over time, but they're not really getting the results that they intended. And then say November, December shows up. And they're not there. And then they, oh, I'm a failure. I didn't do it. How do you, how are you periodically measuring progress? So I have a few things going, which you can make fun of me for if you want. I oh, have well. a vision board. So I have actually printed out pictures of all the places that we're going and photos of the people that are really important to me that I'm going to be staying in touch with. And they're all like all on this vision board. And this is a really big bulletin board. So in addition to the section that's my vision board, I also have cards that are tacked up, you know, as kind of a reminder to like send. I really enjoy sending cards. So I have some birthday cards, some greeting cards, some some things to remind me to send them out. And then I also have some charts um, and a calendar so that I can like X the days where I'm working out and sticking to my physical regimen so that I can track how often I'm doing my skincare routine. Um, I do that all on a calendar. I know it's kind of nerdy, but, and then I have an Excel spreadsheet and on my Excel spreadsheet, that's like where I journal and I write down, I kind of have like a baseline of things that I want to write down and reflect on so that I can score myself every week and just say like, how did I do in these different areas? Am I way out of whack over here? Am I over here? Where do I need to go? Because I can find that I will tend to spend a lot of time on the people side of things and then maybe not get some of the tactical things that need to be done in my life completed. And it's very easy to do. Like it's very easy to spend time at potlucks and hanging out with people and kind of doing all these things or helping others instead of getting my own stuff done. So I find that that spreadsheet and kind of keeping score, which is something that I got from Brendan Burchard. Um, he has like a growth day mindset app. And before that, he actually had a high performance habits planner. And in that high performance habits planner, there was 
kind of this framework for scoring the different areas of your life to make sure that you were staying on track and reflecting and keeping yourself moving. Um, so I do that. I've just created my own spreadsheet for that. I like it. It keeps me um, kind of in tune with, am I living according to my values? Am I showing up as the person that I want to be? Am I falling short? Is there some place that I need to put more attention to? So that's what I'm currently using. What about you? That's worked for you. Is it something you're just, you just started to implement or is it something you've done over time? So I've done the Excel spreadsheet for forever and I've gone in and out of having the physical calendar and the vision board, but I like having the vision board. Um, it seems intense, but it's really not like it's kind of this upfront cost where you spend an hour, you print out the pictures, the things that are important to you. And then the calendar is something that I've done my whole life. Like my parents always had a calendar on the wall. So I have always had a calendar on the wall and I just exit off. And you also said you had an Excel spreadsheet. So does that mean you just at night, you just open up your computer and type every morning. Or is that in the morning? Morning. Okay. Yeah. Every morning um, I just pop it open, jot down, like it takes five minutes to just jot down a couple of things, reflect on how I did yesterday and keep things moving forward. For someone who's listening to this and thinking, oh my gosh, I don't even know anything about Excel or uh, I don't have a laptop or access to these computers. Um, one very easy way, and it, it might not be as uh, accountable or as accurate as how you do it, but one thing that everybody can do, regardless of if they've read a particular book, if they have a particular computer program, is just, you know, when you lay down at night, just say, what went well today? What went well today? And if you do that enough, I mean, you're going to naturally have your mental checklist of things that you valued over time and give a quick assessment and then at least a little, a few minutes of thought uh, in the evening before you go to bed. And then the next day you'll have be in a, a better mindset to maybe reattack some of those things that didn't go so well or take action to reinforce the things that did go well for you. So I think there's a broad spectrum of how you can hold yourself accountable and to ensure that you stay on track. Well, there are so many apps and things too, right? Like you could just download an app and just like you're doing for your money, if you have a Wealthfront app or a personal capital or whatever that is, that's automatically tracking in the background. There are a lot of habit tracking apps too that you can download. You just put in the habit that you want to complete. And then at the end of every day, you just say, yep, I did that, did that, did that. Google now has like a checklist where you can put what you want to do every day and you can make it a recurring task. And then you can just check it off and you don't have to think about it. Huh. Yeah. What you like, what you don't like, why you might like it, why you might not like it. Because I do think some of this is just personality preferences or sometimes like what you grew up with and what works, what you're used to. Can you remember a New Year's resolution, perhaps in years past, that you look back and you're like, that was the dumbest or that was the best New Year's resolution I ever made. And this is why. Or when you look back now in retrospect and, and think, maybe that wasn't as important as I thought it was at the time. Yeah. What was I doing? I definitely have things in my life where I think, oh God, what was I doing? In terms of a specific... So I read Atomic Habits a long time ago. And when I read Atomic Habits, one of the things that I took out of that that I really like is this idea of never missing two days in a row, which I mentioned earlier. And I adopted that as a New Year's habit or New Year's resolution one year. And I really like that one, like mm -hmm. never missing two days in a row. That's good. What about you? Because if you think about it, if it's a daily habit <clears throat> over the course of you know, a year, 365 days, that's that's going to probably be a good trend line. Say you do 10,000 steps a day, that's still a lot of steps over the course of mm -hmm. a year and probably contributed to whatever goal that you had in a positive way. So yeah, that's a good one. That's a good rule of thumb. I'm trying to think What's if there's yours? any that I've had. I do have some specific goals this, as far as uh, other than the physical, you know, 190 sub 10% body fat, you know, which is measurable. And I plan on tracking that through an in-body scan at least once a month and then adjusting. Uh, maybe I, maybe at some point I realized that 10,000 steps a day is too much. Maybe I'm losing, maybe I started to burn more muscle than fat. Uh, I'm already. How long are you going to do your CGM? It's not. Is that the glucose meter? Yeah. Okay. It's actually a keto mojo. It's external. So oh. you, you tap the bottom. I understand that there are some that you, you can connect like mm -hmm. right here. You just That's go right here monitor. and then they shameless plug for working out. Yeah. Okay. You're like, yeah. What was the, what was the question? How long am I going to be monitoring my glucose level? Yes. Well, 
I think it's really important for people who are diabetic, of course, uh, and I'm not pre-diabetic or diabetic. At least I haven't been diagnosed that way, and I don't believe I am. Uh, so I'm fortunate in that way, but I do understand like if you're doing any kind of diet shifting or major workout changes that it's important to track that stuff to make sure that you still remain within acceptable levels for performance and mental health and alertness and not passing out, those kind of things. So I probably will only do it uh, if I'm if, if I'm doing something short term that requires the monitoring, uh, because uh, normally at seventy it should be like a resting fa- or fasting glucose levels around seventy or in the seventies, and it can spike up to like one thirty one forty, but then comes back down after a meal. That's I think normal. Uh, if you're listening to this, I'm not a doctor. Don't you, know, you can Google Don't the same thing as the I do. Yeah. Uh, so unless I was doing like, again, maybe I'll try to do it. If I was taking more carbs in uh, up to the point where I would start a three day water only fast, that's probably when I would do it again. I'd probably take before and during, but the reason why I think my sugar dropped so much on this one, because I had already been very low sugar for, I don't know, three weeks at this point, two and a half weeks at this point. So my body had probably already adjusted. Uh, and again, these, my readings are just one spot in time and, and they fluctuate a lot. So maybe if I did just drink a big glass of water, maybe an hour later, it would have been back up at 70. I don't know. But I, I would, I'm a big believer in only measuring what you need to, but definitely measure what you need to. Um, and unless I have a specific objective that I need to measure glucose, or if I feel like there's something off or wrong, then I, I, don't, I don't think I'll do it very often. Or maybe if I want to be in ketosis, because my meter does uh, glucose and, and ketones in two different tests. But yeah, and that could be just be uh, if I want to be, if I have a particular goal of learning, losing of three pounds of fat in a week or something like that, then I would probably want to uh, do my blood sugar that way as I cut out carbs and see if I'm in ketosis or not. Let's see. Other oh, other physical goals I have is a 100 push-up straight. That's been a while since I don't know that I've ever been able to do it, maybe once in my life. Uh, a few days ago, I did 60 in a row. I'm pretty decent form, so I think I can get there. And 30 pull-ups in a form. row. That's good. Yeah. I was in, Well, I mean, I could do 100 push-ups crappy form no problem but it matters uh 30 pull-ups the most i've ever done in a row is 25 again decent form probably not perfect and what are you at right now this was like uh i think at 15 or 17 are you writing this down so you can ask me in six months how i'm doing uh-huh. i see you writing stuff down uh so last when i thought i was hot shit uh i did i did 25 pull-ups and then i, I think i just texted cody berman hey Hey, Cody, I did. Do you know Cody Berman? I do. Okay. I was like, hey, man, did 25 push, like, or 20, uh, 25 pull-ups. And then he's like, uh, maybe five minutes later, I get this video response from him doing, beating me. Uh, so he quickly uh, up the ante. Cody. Yeah, we weren't even like competing or anything. I just thought I would brag on myself and he's quick, quickly uh, put me in my place. But yeah, he's a very impressive guy. Uh, so maybe if I get a 30, I'll do the same thing and see if he'll probably send me back a video of him doing 35. He's a young pup. He should be able to do that. He is. I have 100 push-ups, 30 pull-ups, 10% body fat. Mm-hmm. 190 pounds. So I need to gain some weight. I was a little That's, worried. It's very, very, and it's extremely difficult to gain gain muscle while not gaining fat. So the two metrics that I'm going to be using primarily are body fat and weight, of course. So, uh, and I'll make, and because I'll be doing these measurements monthly, I can make adjustments based on what those come back with. Like say I do a lot of cardio and I turn and I do some working out, but it turns out I actually lost muscle mass. Uh, well, two things are going to happen. One, that's not the goal I want. Two is my body fat percentage is probably going to go down as well, because if I lost muscle and fat, it still is a percentage to the weight. You could have the same body fat percentage. Yeah. Uh, so I would have to probably cut out some of the cardio, increase some calories, and focus more on heavy lifting, build more muscle. Um, so things like that. Those are the, some of the minor adjustments I would make over the course of a year. What other goals do you have? Do you have non-physical goals? I'd be a better dad. I think for every parent out there, they what just always want to be better. Uh, How are you measuring it? More experiences? Like more conversations? No. More like what are you doing to measure being a better dad and what does that mean to you and what does it mean to your son like if you were to ask him you know what what makes me a great dad what would he say and how could you do that i'll ask him yeah i'd be curious to hear yeah, i too. think he will have some very insightful answers honestly 
Yeah. Well, you know Quentin, so he might. Yeah. Uh, no, for me personally, I know um, my patients, when it's a little thin sometimes, I'm like, why can't you just eat that last bite of scrambled eggs? I don't want to waste this food. Things like that. I'm like, I don't know. Why does it really matter? And so I have to do a lot more thinking about that. And of course, over the years, I've read parenting books and try to be better parent and learn. And uh, we'll see. And just like I said before, at night, I can say what went well today and what didn't. And then try to do things differently the next day if I believe improvement is required. So something else that's kind of fun. And again, I don't have kids. So I feel like I have a lot more time than a normal person because kids take up a lot of time and in a good way, maybe also sometimes in a frustrating way. But one of the things that I'm doing with someone from Camp Phi that you met all got these jars. And once a week, we're just writing down, you know, like something that you were really grateful for over the week. So that at the end of the year, you've got this jar with 52 things that you can look back on. I wonder if that would be a cool thing for you to do with Quentin. Hmm. Well, we'll talk more offline to see if it can incorporate some of whatever that is. Yeah, because then you could see the things that he's really grateful for. Mm -hmm. And for his own development, that's a good thing for him to practice being grateful. Yeah. Gratitude is a good thing. I bet you journal about that often. I do. And I send people cards or messages when I'm grateful mm-hmm. for them. And it often leads to wonderful things. So, Is there anything that might not be a current New Year's resolution that you see like maybe coming up in the next few years, maybe a one-off goal or like you've got travel, you've got a lot of things that we've already talked about, but is there something there that you're like, okay, maybe not this year, but next year, maybe I'm going to try to do that. Uh, mine is not something I'm very proud of. But I tend to be a, I struggle with my, um, I say this, uh, I'm not always the best sister or daughter. Um, and I think that that would be my one-off goal is to spend more time with my family. It's not going to happen this year, but it is something that I would like to do and that I would like to be a little bit more proactive about, um, I think I struggle, especially election years, I really struggle with my family, you know, where we struggle to find common ground and there's a lot of grenades that you're sidestepping and you're trying not to talk about. And you're like, well, we can't talk about this and we can't talk about this and we can't talk about this. And uh, yeah, at this point, I don't know what we're going to talk about. But how how do you talk about politics without talking about politics? You're like, oh, look at the font on that advertisement, on that election advertisement. Oh, I looked at the the blue and the red and the white. Really, it's a good combination. Who thought of that? It's amazing. Well, and it really we can agree on that, can't we all? Yeah. And and it's it's it gets tricky with my family because I am I don't want to say I'm the black sheep because I'm not. I'm I just don't lead. I come from a small town. I grew up in a small town. My parents still live there. My sister lives there with her husband and her kids. My brother lives there with his son. My oldest nephews live there. You know, my oldest nephew lives there with his wife and his two kids. My next nephew lives there with his girlfriend. It's just like you don't leave. And if you do leave, you still like get married and have two and a half kids and a white picket fence. And I don't have any of those things. And all of those things are, you know, a big deal for my family. So the fact that I am so far away, the fact that I don't live this conventional lifestyle that that they think is conventional. Um, it can be really challenging sometimes for us to be able to hang out and have conversations and have things be normal. Um, but it is certainly a goal because I know that my time with my parents is, is limited. You know, I know that they're getting older, I'm getting older. So I feel like I need to make that a priority and I need to do a better job of staying in touch and maybe planning a family trip or some type of something where we can all hang out. Um, and who knows, maybe you'll encourage me to make that happen this year. Or maybe it'll be a next year thing. But I do imagine that at some point being a goal. What about you? I think those kind of goals are, are tough because achieving that goal is dependent on something outside of your control, mostly. Yes and no, right? Like achieving peace in that goal is outside of my control. But putting forth the effort so that we can all be in the same place at the same time, that's in my control. I can book a plane ticket to Michigan and I can block off two weeks that I can be there 
and hang out with my family and not do other things, I can do that. That's within my control. How well we do? Okay, so so the metric that the metric that you, you would use to determine if that was successful or not would be the fact that you went there with the intention and plan to focus on family for two weeks. Not necessarily. You're crying on the plane ride back, <laughs> regretting every second of it. Completely two different metrics, right? Like, is that what you're... They are two different metrics. Okay. Like, I am only focused on the fact that I am showing up and I'm putting forth my best effort and I'm reminding myself how much I love them and care about them and that we can do this thing. I am not focused on what they say or how we tend to, um, you know, they do say that you tend to regress when you're with your family. Like, you know me as this dusty. My sister knows me as the annoying little sister who's five years younger than her, who she doesn't get along with and doesn't agree with. And that is is going to make things happen, which is annoying to my sister. Because You're saying like there's differences sister, between that Dusty and the one I know? I don't think so. Okay. But I think, we'll going. I think I am more patient now. I think that my 42-year-old self, which you already alluded to the fact that I'm like somewhere in this middle age. So my 42-year-old self is way more patient than I was with my sister when I was in high school. And also I think I did some things like that I'm not necessarily proud of, but that I thought were funny at the time. You know, like my sister has super curly hair and it's very hard to tame. And I, um, being the younger sister, I never got to choose my room and we moved a lot when I was a kid. So we like moved from house to house to house and I never got to choose my room. And then when we got into the house that my parents are are currently in, I got to choose my room and I chose the room next to the bathroom. And in the house before that, my sister refused to share a room with me. So I had to share a room with my aunt who, um, it just wasn't a pleasant experience, right? Like I'm 10 and I'm sharing a room with my aunt and I'm sleeping on the top bunk while she's sleeping on the bottom bunk. My sister has her own room. It was, you know, I was very excited when I got to choose my own room. So I was next to the bathroom and there were mornings that my sister, I would just like stay in the bathroom just long enough that she wouldn't have enough time to do her hair. And then she'd like throw a fit and <laughs> it's really funny to me. She doesn't, she doesn't remember it the same way. Like in her mind, I ruined her high school experience because she had crazy hair and I didn't, you know, give her enough time to do her hair in the bathroom. So there are things like that that you don't have those resentments towards me, but my sister, she has them. She's like, oh no, you're the mean one. Well, I thought it was funny, but yeah, I guess maybe it was a little mean. So when you go back for this two weeks, does this is this something that continues to come up every every visit? Oh yeah. The recollections of the hair debacles? The hair debacle and, um, yeah, and a couple other things that are pretty funny, the other thing that comes up all the time is we decorated for Halloween one year and we were in this front walkway. And I feel like you and Steven probably have a ton of these stories. But my sister and I were in this front walkway and we decorated for Halloween. And my sister is claustrophobic and my dad locked the inside door. And my sister didn't even think about the fact that she could just like go out the front and walk around. She just flipped out tore down all the decorations, like went nuts, just nuts. And I couldn't stop laughing, which is not uncommon for me. Like once I start laughing, I can't, I just can't help it. And so my sister is still mad at me to this day because I thought it was funny. I didn't even do it. My dad did it. And it was funny, but I wasn't supposed to laugh. You know, so those things come up. And the fact that a lot of people where I grew up still think that she is me. Because they didn't, like, I don't even know how that's possible. We don't look alike. We don't act alike. But Definitely different hair in high school. Yeah. doesn't like. I know. She has super curly hair. It's like super curly. Not me. So we're going to wrap this thing up. We're going to wrap this thing up. Dude, I got to go get a haircut. It's getting way too long. Check it out. It is getting long. I need um, to get a haircut, too. Nah. Just my bangs. My bangs are getting. All right. So this is the point <clears throat> where we tell our listeners if we have any. That if they have extra sweaters, to send them to, what's your mailing address? 
Yeah, send them to 712 Main Street, Long Long, Colorado, 80501, MMMHQ. Can you imagine? <laughs> A lot of donations. All right, we'll tell everybody there I said hello. All right, Dusty, well, it seems like you have plenty of major goals this year, and I look forward to seeing you accomplish all of them. And I know we'll be talking a lot more about progress and how we're doing and maybe a few more goals uh, along the way. Uh, and for those of you listening, good luck in all of your 2024 goals. And feel free to share what those are. If you need an accountability partner, I mentioned that down below. Who knows? Maybe we'll we'll mention it in the podcast and and maybe even get you on the podcast. So wishing you all the best in 2024. Talk to you next time.